a warm, warm welcome. Please feel free to take your seats and many, many thanks to the band um, as well. That was absolutely fantastic. Um, and um, we're going today to look at the topic of forgiveness, which is nice, isn't it? And maybe a bit fitting for Remembrance Sunday. My name is Christian, for those that don't know me, if you're visiting today. Um, and I'm going to read to you uh, Matthew 18, verses 21 to 34, which is a parable Jesus told about the very subject. So, it goes a little like this. Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven, which is 490, if you're interested. Um, he wasn't actually quoting that number either. That's um, uh, just basically an infinite sum of, um, of amount that you're supposed to forgive. And then he goes on to tell this parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king, are you ready for this, who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything that he owned, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave him his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant, are you ready for this, Brother Dean, who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat, this is going to be fun, and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgive you that tremendous debt that you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he'd paid his entire debt. Right, so I did the maths on this. Are you ready? This is what it looks like. So you ready, King Andy and Brother Dean? Okay, so effectively, within the story, this is what's happened. Brother Dean has borrowed a ruler from me, a 30-centimeter ruler. Got that? That's what you now owe me. I'm not going to give it, but, you know, we'll just for the sake of it. It's not chocolate, no, it's a ruler. It's a proper ruler. So that's what he currently owes me. He owes me a 30-centimeter ruler, right? But also within the context of the story, I owe King Andy here 100 miles worth of rulers. That's the, that's the difference, all right? That's from here all the way up to Manchester, okay? That's how many rulers I own. I say, King Andy, please forgive me, etc. A little bit more, come on. <laughs> it's a bit strange. But anyway, <laughs> thank you very much. And the next thing I do is go up to me and go, Oi, give me back my ruler. Well, that's your fault. Off to prison. There we go. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Don't know if that's going to look on video. But 
Uh, the point being, that that's, that is the difference. That's the proportion that we're looking at here. 100 miles worth of rulers. I mean, you, you, you just don't get it. I was trying to put it on the screen, and you just can't see the difference in, in the proportion of what's being owed to both of them. But that's how it looks. So the parable, the parable is to put the difference of the debts in perspective. Okay? So... If Dean is the fellow servant, he gives me the one ruler, but he doesn't, he does I don't get it back from him. So I basically am very, very vexed with him. Um, and God, um, and, the, and the grace he's given to me, sorry, sorry, King Andy was playing God in that. I don't know if you got that part of it there. But the parable shows how it's to let the grace of God affect our hearts. It's to show the debt of sin is so great that we can't pay it. I could not pay 100 miles worth of rulers. He's put in there as billions of dollars. I assume it was American dollars. But it's still a lot of money. It's a huge amount of money in that. And so it's so great we're not able to pay it. So King Andy, or God in this case, cancels the debt. He forgives it, free of charge. He says, okay, that's fine. And grace is offered, and the man gets to walk out in freedom. And that's what's taking place. But unfortunately, this grace does not affect the man's heart, me, in this occasion. So the purpose of this parable is to help us deal with others the way God deals with us. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're to respond to others the way God responds to us. We don't deserve forgiveness, but God extends it anyway. He chooses to give it anyway because he desires relationship. He desires friendship. And more than anything, he, wants, he looks at us and he says, I will pour out everything it takes on you to help you to be released from what's painful inside. But unfortunately, often our hearts naturally put up the offending part. Has anyone ever upset you? Here's, that's the question. Yeah, one or two. Just one or two. Okay, right. So the minute that happens to a lot of people, some of you are really great, really holy people, and it won't be like this. But what happens to some people um, is that you want to hurt them back. Yeah? You ever felt like that? If you've been pained, you want them to feel the same pain. Yes? So, so that is just the way that it, it, we're wired. We've, we've got this justice system working on the inside of us. Just to make things right. You know, I mean, we're not looking for, like, mighty vengeance. We're not going to take things further. We just want them to feel, you know what I mean? It's got to feel right, doesn't it? We've got to have something that makes it feel good inside for us. It doesn't normally help in the slightest, uh, but uh, there is this thing. If they feel the same pain that they've made me feel, then I'm going to feel a bit better. Forgiveness is God's way. Forgiveness is when we cancel the debt. Forgiveness is the healthy way. Because actually, getting justice really doesn't really help at all. It's where, and this was the key part of the parable, it's where we choose to let it go from the heart. Forgiveness is not something we do in our heads. It's something that comes from the heart. It's not justifying the act, however. It's not saying that what you just did to me is fine and it doesn't matter. Definitely, and that's really important. It's not pretending it didn't hurt. Nor does it mean that you are necessarily supposed to trust the person again. Okay? So we need to make certain things clear. Boundaries may well need to be, well, they may well be necessary in relationships where people are repeatedly hurting us. So I'm not saying forgive and then get beat up and forgive and then get beat up again and again and again. Because that's not 
the way that God wants us to live. We need to live in a certain way in which we are protecting ourselves from this constant thing that may be going on in life. So I have to be careful with the way I talk on this. But certainly, Jesus made forgiveness not a choice, really. Well, it was, but it's not an option. Yeah, because it's for our own good. It's certainly for our own good. He gives it out to us, and so we're to do the same. It's never easy, is it? Does anyone here forget, find forgiving others easy? You may take over the preach at this point. You might do a really good job of it. Um, but if you've been wounded heavily over the course of your life, uh, it, it's getting even is the, is, the, is the go-to. The parable shows that the motivation, the inspiration for forgiveness is to come from the cross. It's to come from the gift of forgiveness that God has already given to us. Amen? That's where we're to find our inspiration. Forgiveness is allowing the amazing grace that God has bestowed upon us to flow through us and outwards into our communities. Amen? Okay? So that's what it's supposed to be about. Martin Luther King said, Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a permanent attitude. Which I thought was a good, uh, a good quote to throw in at this particular point. It is a heart attitude. It's something that we're supposed to be living out again and again and again. Okay? Now, I always like the whys. What's in it for me? Why should I bother forgiving? All right, it's in the Bible to forgive. If it's in the Bible to forgive, it's in there for a reason. God knows what's good for your health. Um, and so there have, interestingly, been many studies over the years, um, even these some of the more recent ones, actually, that follow the benefits of forgiveness. Um, better sleep. Who would like better sleep? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's one that comes out. More energy. I think that's high on the list. Healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety and stress, a stronger immune system. There you go. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, and greater life satisfaction and well-being. There you go. That's me as a salesman. I can get down now, can't I? Yeah. I, I, no? Okay. Um, on a spiritual level, that's just, that's just physical and emotional stuff. That's good. I think that's good in itself. On a spiritual level, it's peace. It's your relationship with God that will get massively impacted by forgiving others. It will help. And forgiving others is a huge, huge, huge part of this deal. Love flows where forgiveness flows. Got that? Love doesn't, it's very hard to, to love somebody if you're holding something against somebody. And, um, and it's very, very important that we understand that. It brings an inner freedom to our lives. It releases our potential in a massive way. And, and this, this is something that we need to get on board with. In my younger years, I'm going to be very open here. Is that all right? Yeah, I don't want this story repeated. In my younger years, I was, I, was, I was treated as a failure for a long time. Um, and um, I'm not going to name who it was. It wasn't my wife. Don't worry. She's lovely. Um, but, um, but I didn't think it had affected me. I was spoken of as a failure. I was treated as a failure. I was you know, constantly looked upon as being a disappointment. And I thought, well, that's all right. I, I, got, I got on with life. Do you know what I mean? I didn't think it affected me at all. I carried on as I was. And um, whatever I did, got a degree, got a job, everything was going well. Um, but I guess you never fully know how people who have treated you in the past have affected you for your future. 
And I was a teacher for many years. And, and for, for a lot of years, people would say to me, I can see you leading the department. I can see leadership on you. I can see you leading this. I can see you leading that. And every single time, I'd say, no, not a chance. I don't want to. I can't do it. I didn't think I could do any of those things. I felt I had reached my potential. I felt like that was it. We were, we were no way going any further. Um, and then one day, I was prompted to forgive the person that had made me feel useless. Okay? One day, I felt God, the Holy Spirit just give me a nudge and say, that person there that kept on treating you like a failure, that kept on treating you and saying that you're a failure. It's not nice, is it? This, this, is, this, is, this is a story. Um, but kept on speaking to you like this, kept on treating you like this, was crushing you down. Well, they didn't say, this wasn't the voice. They just said, forgive this person. Forgive this person for what they treated you like. And so I did because um, I didn't think it was an issue at all, to be honest with you. Um, and, um, and at that particular moment, um, the next thought that came into my head was of leading, it was actually leading the maths department, funnily enough, because I was a maths teacher at the time. Now, I never went on to do that, but immediately afterwards, God just showed me a greater potential for my future. He, he basically went, that, you could go more than what you're doing at the moment. Where you are at right now is not your limit. Where you are at right now is not your potential. Where you are at right now, you have limited yourself based on what other people have said to you. Now, that goes across the board. For every single other person you've come across who's crushed you down at some point in your life and you've forgotten all about it, it happens. We limit ourselves. We have got the Spirit of God living inside of us. We've got the power of God living inside of us. We've got the wisdom of God living inside of us. Your potential is incredible. You can do so, so much in your lives. But other people look down and they go, you're not that good. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. And they treat us in a specific way. And when we believe it, when we allow it to affect our lives, and if it's not forgiven, if it's not released, then at that particular point, we live at that level of potential. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's absolutely vital that we get a fuller understanding of what we've been treated like in the past. Just asking God, what's in there, God? Help me to deal with it. Bit by bit, help me to, to deal with the stuff that's there that other people may have said. Now, hopefully, you've had the most amazing, amazing times and no one's ever said anything negative to you in your life. But it's unlikely that that's happened. You've been to school, most of you. And I know that not everybody in school is nice. Okay? So people have not always been nice. But at the same time, it's so much easier to remember and Believe a negative voice that's been spoken into you than a positive one. Yeah? If I came up to somebody today in the street and told them they were beautiful, and then I, told them, I spoke to someone else and said they were ugly, what would you remember? You remember, yeah, you don't. I mean, it's very hard, isn't it, to hold on to the positive when someone else has just said that they're ugly. It is not nice. Yes, I'm not going to tell anyone they're ugly, don't worry. But it's one of those things. But the point of that story is it pulled me out of a prison that I didn't even know I was in. It pulled me out of a prison that I thought, well, look at that. I can actually do an awful lot more. And it is an essential knowledge to know that forgiveness is there for a lot of good reasons. And one of them is for our potential. Um, blame keeps wounds open. This anonymous person said, only forgiveness heals. But forgiveness definitely unlocks our futures. It restores marriages. It releases us to live life in all its fullness, which is what Jesus came down to do. On the day I left teaching, 
During break, a group of students that I had taught came to say goodbye to me. Um, just a small number of them. They were among some of the most disruptive students that I had ever taught that year. They had always been the ones to try and mess around. But I had this, uh, none of the nice ones came. I'll put that out there. I don't know what that means. Um, anyway, just these guys, just these characters. Um, but I had made it a core principle to always forgive students to every single time they came in, every single time they disrupted, every single time they messed around, I would make sure that I forgave them at the end of the day and make sure that it was gone, it was dealt with, and we got back on. And it made the relationships in the class, it made the relationships in the lesson flow so much better, flow so much easier. And so the more we went on, the more we fostered a really great relationship with them. And so much so that when I came to leave, as I said, they were the only ones that came to say goodbye because I was probably the only teacher that was forgiving them. Everyone else would have been going along going, ah, it's you again. Um, but forgiveness empowers us to walk in love. And forgiveness empowers us to walk in faith, not in fear, not in timidity. Okay? The more we forgive, the more we overcome fear. The more we forgive, the more we overcome timidity. We can live like that. We can live in such a freedom by forgiving again and again and again. And yes, we are called, because it's an attitude to forgive like that, but it makes a perfect, perfect, perfect heart in the end. But God knows where you are right now. It's not easy. It's painful. And you've gone through a lot. Every one of us goes through a lot. God knows where you are. He sees our wounds. And he sees the pain that others have inflicted upon us. And it breaks his heart. And he passionately desires to do something about it. He passionately desires to lead us into a place where we can forgive and let go and release this pain to him. And that really is something that he will help along because it will help us to receive our healing. Forgiveness is actually God's great gift to us in two ways. One from the cross to us that we can have forgiveness from him, but also one where we can forgive others. It's a really, really powerful gift. I was asked once, how do I know whether I've forgiven? Um, I guess... Um, my answer to this particular person was quite, uh, well, it was, it's, it's, it'd be the same all the time, all the same. Um, here's my, I would throw it back to another question. It's what Jesus did, didn't he, basically? He answered questions with other questions. Can you pray for them to genuinely, to see their lives genuinely be blessed? If you can, you've probably forgiven them. If you genuinely can pray for them, that God will bless them richly, and give them everything their hearts desire, then that's good. If you're still going, like that, Probably not. If you're like, God, would you smite them? Then definitely not. Um, so, you know, it's all in the prayer. You can tell. And, um, and it's one of, those, uh, one of those things which will help. Um, forgive the big and the little. Little tiny things. Little tiny things get under the skin after a while. So it's always important as well to make sure that you're forgiving even the tiniest things that come through. Because every... Every example is usually a huge example of when people have had to forgive something massive. But there's little tiny things that happen every single day that annoy you. Aren't there? Yeah? And they need to be forgiven. 
See, a lot of people looking at wives and husbands there. They, I'm not looking at anybody. There's little tiny things that will be annoying you every single day. And, and God wants us to forgive all of those things. The little things will build up and build up and build up. And in the end, they will cause issues in relationships. So make sure that the little tiny things are forgiven as well. I'm losing people out of this preach. <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> Stay in the room, please. It's nearly over. Um, okay. God desires that we live in harmony with one another. God desires that we have unity within our families, unity within the church family. Unity is within every single one of us, and that's what it is. But I still recognize it can be one of the hardest things to do. The great news is that we have the most forgiving person who ever lived living inside of us. Amen? Yeah. And Philippians 2 verse 13 is my favorite verse where it comes to things I find particularly hard in the Christian faith. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Christianity is impossible, just so you know. Um, And this is one of the big ones which helps you to see it. So I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I don't even want to forgive Sometimes I'd rather speak about be a bad about the people that have been bad to me. Sometimes I'd rather see them squirm, yeah, than forgive them. That's me being honest. I'm the pastor. That's shocking, I know, but that's how I, I can be. Um, or no, I should forgive, but I still find no power to do it inside of me. And if forgiveness was literally just a behavior where all I had to do was speak out, I forgive the person and everything was gone, it would be so much easier to do. But it's not that it's a heart response. So it, me just saying I forgive that person is not enough because it's got to be from the core of my heart. It can't be just from my lips. But God does it all. And that's what this verse is so wonderful about. It, it speaks of how God can do all of the work. God is working in us right now the desire and the power to do his will. He's given you the desire to do what he wants us to do. He's given you the power. And all we need to do is say yes. All we need to do is say, yes, Jesus, help me with this. Yes, Jesus, give me the desire. And that is a common prayer where I will do, God, I can't forgive, but I pray that you help me to forgive. Give me the desire to forgive. Give me the power to forgive this person. I can't, but you can do it. And he will work in both things, the desire, and he will work in the power inside of our hearts to do those. We're going to watch a two-minute clip uh, at the moment, and um, it will show you um, something about Corrie ten Boom. One of my great heroes is Corrie ten Boom. She's a Dutch Christian who hid Jews during the war. She was caught, and Corrie and her sister and her father went to Ravensbrück concentration camp. Her father and her sister, Betsy, died there. She's an amazing woman, and after the war, she went and spoke to others about forgiveness. She was speaking in a church in Germany one time, and at the end of her talk, she recognized the man coming up to her, and she could see it was one of the most cruel guards from Ravensbrück. She pictured him as he was then, And as he came up to her, he said, I was a guard at Ravensbrück. He didn't recognize her, but she knew, she recognized him. 
She could see him and she remembered walking naked past him. She said she felt so cold and so angry. He said, I've become a Christian now. I know I did some very cruel things, but I've received God's forgiveness for the cruelties I've done. And I asked God's grace for an opportunity to ask one of my very victims for forgiveness. Fraulein Tamboom, won't you be forgiven? Will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who has given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. That's really powerful, isn't it? Um, and, uh, and he shows everything. Jesus does the heavy lifting. Jesus is the one. He's so better at forgiving than we are. He was on the cross forgiving his enemies while they spat at him and hurled insults at him. He does the forgiving inside of us, and we just give him the permission to get working on those who have offended him. That's our job. Allow Jesus access into those hurts. It is to trust him not to try. Forgiveness does not, however, just change us. It also affects the world around us. It's God's weapon to affect the atmosphere around you. Another quote here from, this is a person called Dudley Hall, who said, we have been sent into the world to implement the rule of God on earth. Where there is discord, we are to replace it with harmony. Where there is hatred, we are to replace it with love. Where there is offense, we are to replace it with forgiveness. When we choose to forgive, we invade the realm of darkness and defeat, those dark forces with the power of a resurrected life. Forgiving others isn't just for us. It extends the kingdom of heaven on the planet. Forgiving others brings heaven to earth. Forgiving others transforms our communities our regions, our families, our everything. Amen? It's a huge, huge, huge power. It's a God's great gift to us. It brings healing to our hearts, and it brings an incredible future to those around us as well as to ourselves. Um, if I could have the band up at this point, that would be great. Well, we've talked a lot about forgiveness of others, but I keep on bringing back the fact that it all comes back to the cross. It all comes back to the fact that Jesus has forgiven us. Jesus died for our sins, that, our, that we could be forgiven completely and utterly, and we could enjoy an eternal relationship with God forever. 
And this is one that brings a new peace. It's one that brings a new hope. It's one that brings a new joy into our lives forever. And in a moment, I'm going to pray. And you might find yourself in one of the following three categories. So if I could have every head bowed at this point, please, that would be fantastic. The first one is that you don't know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior. You're not a Christian. And you would like to make this day the day you begin your relationship with him. The second one is that you used to walk with Jesus and you would like to reconnect with him today. You'd like to re- restart, re-get, re get the fire back in your relationship with Jesus today. The third one is that you're not sure of your salvation. You're not sure that at the end of your life you'll be going to heaven and you desire the certainty that Jesus offers. If you relate to any of those three, then please pray along with me now, repeating these words out of your own heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing. And receive me as your child. I commit my life to you now. Amen. With every head still bowed, could I ask you to raise your hand if you just prayed that prayer? Lord God, we just thank you for every single person here. We pray, Lord God, for your your peace, your presence to fill every single vessel and that everyone will get to know you in a deeper and deeper way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to go back into worship in a second. Um, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to respond to the word today. Um, because I believe that today is a day where God wants to release those who have hurt us to him. Now, it could be small things. It could be big things. It could be to forgive the person that has been upsetting you the most recently. It could be from the past. I don't know, but it will help us to receive healing. And if these are people that you need to be given, it, it, it will make it a major difference. But it, I was thinking of how to do this, and I've, I believe the right place is at your own seats or in your own places right now. In fact, if we could stand, if you were able to, that might be the best way to go forward here. Okay. Lord God, I pray for every single person here that you bring to our minds anyone that we need to forgive, anyone that has been upsetting us, anyone that's been causing hurt, either from the past or in the present, that you'll bring to our minds, bring to our hearts right now, Lord God, those people that we've been struggling with. And Lord God, we thank you 
As you do that, you also bring the desire and the power. We ask for that right now, the desire and the power, Lord God, to forgive those. We cannot forgive them, Lord God, very easily, but you can do the forgiving through us.